Chicago. This is your morning routine. Listen, respect my name. Cap and J Hood. That's right. That's right. We bad. Uh-huh. Watch the show on Twitch. Follow ESPN 1000 Chicago. Stream the show on the ESPN Chicago app and on FM 100.3 HD2 and on ESPN 1000 Chicago. Now. Now. David Kaplan and Jonathan Hood. Good morning, everyone. Bring them out. Bring them out. Woo. Welcome in to the Cap and J Hood Morning Show on ESPN 1000, and we're streaming on the ESPN Chicago app. With David Kaplan, Jonathan Hood with you, we have got Shay, we've got Jay Moore, and we've got you for a three-hour ride on this Deal Breakers Thursday with open phone lines for you at 312-332-ESPN, 332-3776 is our telephone number. And Cap, one of the major stories in all of sports is the firing of Adrian Griffin, now former Milwaukee Bucks coach. It sent shockwaves across sports. It doesn't matter if you're a basketball fan, football fan, baseball fan. The po- point is that the top story on ESPN.com was Adrian Griffin with a 30-13 and 13 record being let go by the Milwaukee Bucks. Adrian Griffin, who we know as Bulls fans, just a venerable veteran uh, around to, for many teams, and it was an assistant coach for many years around the NBA. And finally, he gets his opportunity after all those years. Finally, with an opportunity to be the head coach. And it's not one of those things where it's a last place team or a team we have to build. It's a ready made team with stars like Lillard and uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo and uh, Chris Middleton and others. And so we said to ourselves, oh, you know what? It's great that Hawk has the opportunity now to be able to be a head coach. And then, before we even get to the All Star break, he was fired at 13, uh, 30 and 13. And why did that happen? The Bucks felt that the culture was not right through 40, you know, 42 games, 43 games, that it was not right. And so the thought was like, wait a minute now, don't you want to just give this a year, find out if things work? The star, Anna DeCoupo, said, no, nah, this is not working. Bobby Portis, who didn't say anything, was able to be upset with Griffin and the team, the way that they were playing, even though they're what, second-best team in the NBA, they felt they weren't at a championship level. The Chicago Bears could have been able to look at Matt Eberflus as Adrian Griffin and say, we could upgrade and be better. Because from three wins to seven wins, the feeling is, okay, even as you said, in the regular season you said, I think that the Bears can get to the playoffs next year. And what I'm saying is that there's too many mistakes and question marks about this football team that made me feel that Eberflus should return. But what I feel also is that Ryan Poles was afraid, too afraid to run through his first coach in two years and go on to the second one. Because as I told you, any good GM deserves at least two coaching regimes. I don't think Poles is ready to make that move, even though there's a plethora of coaches that he could have chose from that were way, way better than Eberflus. One thing I would tell you, Johnny, is that the players that we either get to interact with or through people I know that interact with current Bears. The fans aren't going to want to hear this. They like being coached by that guy. Mm-hmm. They feel like you guys really don't know. He holds us accountable. We have a good vibe in there. They like playing for this dude. They do. Now, would I have upgraded? I would have. Would it have been Jim Harbaugh? I've been clear. No. Mm-hmm. First of all, 
Ryan Pace works for Atlanta now for a number of reasons. Missing on Mahomes and hit, and taking Trubisky is just one of them. Sure. The cap was in a bad place. The roster was in a bad place. We went and got the most coveted guy on the market the year they got him. Surprisingly. He was headed to Minnesota the next day. And George said, tell me how much. Let's get it done right now. And he got it done. And in he's been here basically two years to the day. Mm-hmm. The roster is in a way better place. The cap, we're not underwater. We're, when, once they cut Eddie Jackson and Cody Whitehair and make a few other moves, they're going to be top five in cap space, have the number one pick because he made a great trade, the number nine pick, and the roster in a really good place in terms of youth. Jim Harbaugh's not coming here to work for Ryan Poles. That's just a fact. That's fine. He's picking a guy from the Ravens, from his brother, who works in the personnel department. I bring him in as the GM. He can have the title. Jim is the, the, the ultimate boss. I'm not ready to tell my GM, you got to hire that guy, pay him whatever it is he's got to get paid. The money's irrelevant. They're worth billions up in Lake Forest. I want to let Poles continue to build this. Now, is Eberflus my style coach? He's not. I like somebody who's he's a better face of the team. He f- inspires more confidence. But who am I to say if the players like playing for him, okay, you want to keep him? Good luck. You better win next year. But you better build a support system for whoever your quarterback is. That, for me, is the most important thing that happens this offseason. Certainly, what they do with the number one pick and the nine pick and the third round, whatever. If you're going to either keep Justin or pick one of these quarterbacks, you better have a plan that works. You better hire a quarterback coach who has proven he can develop guys. You better have an offensive coordinator that takes advantage of the skill set, whoever your quarterback is. So if you draft whoever it is and he's better as a thrower, you better have a good throwing offense. If you keep Justin and you got to run him like Lamar Jackson or whoever, you better put an offense like that in there. Period. But I was not willing to tell Ryan Poles, I need you to slide to the side because Jim's going to get all the sway here. No. And that's fine. That's fine. But there's other coaches that they could have been able to look at. Let me just say this. With Adrian Griffin, and this relates to the Chicago Bears cap. You know, Adrian Griffin, the reason why he got a chance to be a head coach is because he was a cool assistant. Because there is a difference, as you well know, from one chair to the other chair 18 inches next to you. As a assistant coach, you can be able to suggest, but when you have to be the head coach that says no, now you're not that cool assistant as you once were. There's a big difference in that. Mm-hmm. And what I'm saying is for Matt Eberflus, could I mean, find de- a defensive coordinator, but now he's the head man. He's the head man in charge. He's the head coach. And what I'm saying is if it's good enough for the Blackhawks to go from Savard to Quinville, if it's good enough for the Cubs to be able to get Joe Madden while the iron's hot, if it's good enough for the White Sox to get Ozzie Gann to get an 05 championship, then why isn't it good enough for the Bears? See, see here, my, po- my point is with the Chicago Bears is that you got to get away from settling for less. If you feel like you have reimagined the organization and it's a brand new era for the Chicago Bears, then why don't you just go for it? I'm not saying that everything has to be all in in all aspects of the Bears, but it's something pretty obvious. There's a, a great quarterback class, at least as far as we know, that's coming up. There also is a great coaching class. We haven't seen this many coaches with these many skins on the wall that's available. If you didn't want Jim Harbaugh, that's not your flavor, cool. But you know who also is available? Mike Vrabel. 
It also could be available, if you asked, Lincoln Riley or Matt Campbell or Bill Belichick or Ben Johnson or Dan Quinn or Brian Flores. There's plenty of names there in which you felt like, okay, we're at a certain level. And we feel like we're going to be a perennial playoff team. We are going to fight with Green Bay and Detroit to be a playoff team. But we need the right head coach to be able to just tighten the screws. You know, you hear me say this often, right? Mm -hmm. It's one thing to be able to say, okay, this coach has set the culture. But we just need someone to just tighten the screws to make sure that we are on track. Someone with experience, not just some, again, not neophyte, someone who's been there and done that with a winning organization that can be able to tighten the screws to make sure that we're championship caliber. And I just don't think that Eber, that Eberflus is that. Eberflus and the Bears could be, again, a six-win ball club next year. Anything could happen in the NFL. And then this would be the third year of four for Eberflus coming up. Don't you think that you'd rather upgrade if you could in that spot? You, you, if you upgrade at your quarterback position, if you're going to upgrade at the three technique, if you're going to upgrade you know, with the offensive line, why wouldn't you do that with your head coach? What is wrong with that? I don't disagree with anything you're saying there. But what I'm being told by people, one of whom is like very close to a bunch of players, these dudes like playing for him. Not because he's easy on them. They said he holds them accountable. He's a good football This is from players up there. Look, I was leading the charge. I've had enough lovey. Lovey fatigue. Lovey fatigue. And they fired him. That's fine. We haven't come close to that level of success. That guy every year was throwing up 10 wins. Couldn't get to the playoffs. They finally had enough. He wasn't great in front of the room in terms of the media. All right, enough. Let's change it. And they've screwed it up at every turn since then. So it's all about the decision-making at the top. But if the players truly, and you can't, look, I'm not the big, biggest Eberflus guy. You know that. Yes. If the players truly feel like, hey, man, we need another, uh, you know, a good receiver to be alongside DJ. We got to get a couple more pieces on the O-line. Let Poles do whatever it is he does at quarterback. We're close. We're ready to take the next step. Okay. The man's under contract. If these guys want to play for him, show me exactly why you want to play for him? Let's find out. But as a general manager or as a talent evaluator, what is stronger? What's strongest? Is it the player's love for a head coach or the losses? What's stronger? The string of losses, the inability to win in the division? That matters too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the players like to play for him. Great. Great players coach. Awesome. But what about the losses? Is that you? When does that ever factor in? Okay, so... Does that matter again, or no? Now, again, I'm playing... Let me just be clear. Yeah. If I owned the team, he would not be my head coach. He's not my style. Yeah. I like more in-your-face passion. I, like Dan Campbell's my style guy. Mm-hmm. That's who I like. You can tell me I'm nuts. That's fine. I'm cool with that. But that's who I would have, a guy like that. I want to know, and my guy, uh, Nestor Thomas, who listens every day, put out a tweet. Well, he and I don't agree on a lot. He put out a tweet today of why are the Bears' ownership so resistant to having a super aggressive personality as their head coach since Mike Ditka? Look, I love Wani. He's a dear friend of mine. Wani was not Ditka in terms of personality. No. Dick Duran was the same 
style as Wani. Lovey, same style. They're not in-your-face abrasive or, you know, meatballish, some would like to call it. Mm -hmm. To Mark Tressman, are you kidding me? Like, how he ever got the job is still mind-blowing when you call people in. Tim Brown, what? You guys are hiring who? That'll never work. This was the day he got hired. Yeah. So you're telling me that we can't make calls to former players? His, what do you think? Off the record, would you hire? No, he can't do it. But we did. Matt Nagy didn't work. To Eberflus, they're all the same guy. Yes. We don't have a Dan Campbell that everybody's going, yeah. And they're, right. We don't have that. And for whatever reason, that falls at the feet of one man, George McCaskey. Because he apparently doesn't want some huge personality as his head football coach. You know, it's it's an interesting formula if that is the case for McCaskey because the the big personality of Mike Ditka was one of the reasons why that the Bears were able to win. Yes, it was about the players for sure, the personnel, the way that team was put together, sure. But Ditka did a great job of deflecting uh, any issues with the with the football team, hey, he put it on himself. Mm-hmm. He made sure that the players were protected. He would say outlandish crap and just do a lot of crazy things because the f- spotlight would be on him and not the players. Sounds like Ozzie Gian. Sure. And, th- and that's, a, that's a way of doing business as a head coach or as a manager. Sounds like wrong with that. Sure. Mm-hmm. Hey, I'll do the jazz hands. Just stay off my players. I'll take all the heat. I'll, t- I'll take all the questions. Just stay off my players. Correct. And so, but here's the thing, though. I never thought that Ditka was bigger than the Bears organization. Again, Bears fan first. Correct. So at the time, even as a young person watching this, I was in love with the team. The head coach was part of the team. But I know that Ditka had his share of commercials, maybe a few more, maybe a few, uh, more commercials than a lot of the players had. But the point is, though, is that he was a personality like the team was a personality. You wouldn't want to go back to that again if you're the Bears. Is it, was it so bad with Ditka being the head coach that you said never again? And who knows if that was ever said at House Hall, but never again. We want someone to be able to fall in line and make us, the ownership, the bigger face of the franchise. That's not how it works. This is how dynasties break up because of this push and pull cap of, you know, whose credit is it? Who who deserves blame? Who deserves credit? No. What's wrong with a big personality? And again, some of these names I mentioned are not necessarily big personalities, but just to answer your friend's question, it's as if the Bears said, we'll never go back to that again. If we win, we're not going to have a guy that's going to be in all the commercials and all in the video and being the face of the team and be able to be bigger than the ball club. And I got news for them. If they win, whoever the coach is, it's the freaking Bears. Sure. He's going to get a lot of attention, whether that's Eberflus or Shane Norling gets the job. You win the Super Bowl with the Bears, you're going to be everywhere. Charter franchise, Chicago market. All of it. So what? I'm not hacked off that Jim Harbaugh is the coach in San Diego. Or I keep calling it San Diego. L.A., the Chargers. I'm not. Good luck. I was not willing, if I was the owner, I was not willing to accede the personnel power to him and tell Poles, oh, you're two years into your rebuild. You put us in a really good position to take the next step. And now I need you to report to Jim or... You're kind of sideways to Jim. You knew that that was going to be part of it. You just knew it. With Jim, you just knew that, that he was going to, he'd want 
the keys, the personnel, and everything else. Right. And the Bears didn't and have the stomach so for that. So he's going to get one of the guys who works under John Harbaugh, and he'll come in as the G- That's fine. Yeah. Good luck. And they may win. they got a hell of a quarterback. Jim's a really good football coach. He is. I, I just think it's just the whole thing to me. And this is, this is not anything new. We talked about it at the time when we found out that Iberflus was going to come back. I just think that... Just like the other teams in Chicago, there's nothing wrong with an upgrade. And by the way, if that's me taking a shot at Ibra Flus, is that what it sounds like? Fine. Because I, I did not um, cry one tear when Ozzie Ginn took over for the White Sox. I did not cry one tear when Madden took over because that's what good organizations do. Mm-hmm. We're fine, but we can get better. That's the whole thing. And with Matt Ibra Flus, I just think that... As I said at the time, Cap, transitional hire. I'm going to be right about that. Mm-hmm. I'm going to end up being right about that. Uh, and because I just feel that if you pass up on the quarterback class, that's your business. But as far as the head coach, no matter if the players like him or not, you know, players can fall in love with a coach because a coach also can allow players to do whatever. Right. Oh, he's a player's coach. So if I make a mistake, he's not going to get in my ass as much. But I, I, I asked that question and I was told that's not the case. He does hold people accountable. He's just not He's not good at the microphone. He's just not. He got a little better as the season went on. You could tell they worked with him a little. Yes. He was more relaxed. He was better. Just because he probably got assurances that he was returning. That was probably part of it, but I do think he had some training. I do believe that. Let's go, that, Mike. That somebody worked with him a little bit at the podium, Coach. He, look. If you're going up every day in front of the media, basically, every day, somebody's got to prepare you, coach. Here's what they're going to ask you today. Yes, that's important. Okay? And here's how we're going to answer that. Yep. You can't. Uh, when did you tell Chase Claypool he was in at, huh? what are you asking me? What? Saturday. Well, coach, he didn't know. To, oh, wait a minute. You, yeah. look, you look like a buffoon organization. But the, if the, the, you cannot. Tell me they did not play hard for the guy. And when it was 0-14, you cannot tell me he didn't hold it together. He did. That thing could have disintegrated into a clown show, and it did not. Well, that's, right? on, well, that's on Ryan Poles, and congratulations for him for finding the right people. That, that's fair, because you find people that are not going to be a disturbance in the locker room. Yeah, yeah, the team held it together, sure. Sure, they held it together. However, the losses still matter. The culture might be great in the locker room where everyone gets along, but again, it's about a, the bottom line results, Cap. The bottom line results was not good enough for him for his retention. It was not. Okay. As, especially, especially with the amount of coaches that are available. That, that, I mean, that's the whole point of this, of this conversation we're having, is that you, you could easily say three to seven wins, you know what, Iberflus is going to be a good head coach, and he's growing in the position. But Again, I'm armed with the fact, and you're armed with the fact, that I got a list of 10 coaches here that would probably do a better job than Eberflus. I'm just, I mean, same thing with the quarterback situation. Yeah, Caleb Williams, Drake May, all the, J.J. McCarthy, all, Bo Nix, all these guys available. And we talk about almost on a daily basis, how could the Bears pass on this quarterback class at all? You're going to roll it back with Justin Fields? Okay, fine. But you have to pick a lane. This is the lane that you're choosing? A team that could not can't get out of their own way, winning a, a game in the division for for forever. That long losing streak, okay, that, that matters too. I don't disagree, but what I would say to you, Jonathan, is he had zero chance last year. Zero. That team was built to lose. 
They can tell me all they want. Oh, the losses were tearing at us. You didn't put a roster out there that could compete. They got exactly what they paid for. Three wins. There was zero chance. They battled. They competed. They never won. They lost 14 straight. If I told you the day we came in here on a Monday, well, they're 0-4. Season's over. They're not going to the playoffs. We know the odds. They're going to play over 500 the last 13 games. You would have told me, you're insane. And I would have said, I better not be on the roads. I, I got, obviously, I'm under the influence. They went 7-6 and six the rest of the way. Mm-hmm. They did. They did. They played hard. He held it together. There are franchises. We were coming in here every day, and we got these three beautiful big monitors above us. He was the most likely coach to be fired. Yeah, definitely on the list. And guess what? He's still standing, and they never disintegrated. Guys did not stop playing hard for that guy. So I'm cool. If if that's who Ryan pulled, he made this call. You want to let that guy coach your team? Then give him a fighting chance next year. Okay. There's just no there's no uh, stats that's in front of me of the Bears played hard and they never gave up. That doesn't matter. Don't have enough talent. I mean, I, I understand that. I understand that. But, I mean, you're supposed to be someone as a defensive coordinator, and early on it did not look good. Mm-hmm. Now, again, this is through the eyes and probably the, uh, the headset of Allen Williams, but ultimately this is Iberflus's defense. It got better because the talent got better, sure, because they finally got to the quarterback. But early on, like, the, the thing that still resonates with me is that first game that the Bears played against the Packers. We're so excited. We're the new home of the Chicago Agreed. Bears. And it's like, did I expect the Bears to win? No, but I did not expect 38-20. to 20. Me either. Buccaneers, I thought was a winnable ball game. Of course, we didn't know what Baker Mayfield was until we see now right. at the playoffs. Well, now you look, you're like, wow, they won a playoff game and they could have beaten Detroit. Well, in Detroit, wow. That, that Chiefs game you weren't going to win, that's the uh, game that you were at. And then that Broncos game in which you had the lead and you relinquished the lead and you lose the game 31-28, I was fit to be tied there. Same here. Until they were able to turn it against the, the commanders, we found, knew that they weren't any good. And there was, that was one of the best games Justin's ever had offensively. And then it was just middling and up and down and just slip-sliding away. The biggest game on the schedule against the Browns, and you f- couldn't find a way to win that football game. All I'm saying is, is that seven wins is cool, Cap, but when you can have an opportunity to increase that win total and be a better franchise, that's when you try to upgrade the head coach. It's not time. It's not for uh, for the Chicago Bears to help Eberflus or tutor him to be a head coach. Either you're a head coach that can lead this team or not. That's all I'm telling you. Like, it, like, it, it, I mean, because of the group of coaches that are available. That's all I'm saying. I mean, uh, th- th- let's go back to Madden. Now, to some organizations, they would have never tried to pull the trigger. Madden's available, or we're going to make him available. You know what? We just need someone just to be able to just fine tune the team. Joe Madden, come on in. I mean, they didn't. Have, Cubs didn't have to do that. Correct. They could have stayed the course, but they're smart because Theo's smart. The White Sox could have just stayed with yeah, Rick's. You know, good good baseball man. Ozzie Guillen is the guy because he can be able to take care of that locker room. He'll take all the slings and arrows from the media. He's the guy. 05 championship. Blackhawks. There's Quinville sitting up there at Johnny's Ice House taking notes with Dennis Savard on the ice as a head coach. We could find someone to get just kind of just just take care of the ball. We just feel like the hockey club can be just a little better. Quinville, three Stanley Cup championships. And you can't do that next year? 
I mean, what are we waiting for? I mean, will will the uh, group of coaches? Well, the coaches list that you read there, and I don't want to break down every guy's resume. Nobody cares going to work this morning. But I'm not hiring Bill Belichick. And by the way, he's had one franchise interview him. Yeah. No one else is knocking on his door. Right. Damn. No one wants to give up that kind of power. And yet, they give, uh, the Chargers gave it to Jim. Will they want to do that to a 70-year-old Belichick? No. Uh, Pete Carroll, 72. No, thanks. I appreciate everything you did. You're a great football coach. I'm not bringing him in. Now, hang on a second now. There's nothing wrong with Pete Carroll. I didn't he's, say there he's, is. He's 45. He's a song and dance man. He's a Dick Van Dyke of coaching. He is. He's, he's spry. <laughs> I'm not taking a 72-year-old head coach right now. I'm not. It's just a fact. Don't do that, Cap. I'm being he can, honest. He could step right in there and help any franchise. Carol, he's young at heart. So is Tony Larusa. How'd that go? He wasn't. He was old at heart. Okay, so <laughs> I, I don't. <laughs> what do you mean? I'm not hiring Belichick. I'm not hiring Carol. I love Mike Vrabel. Love. Still available. He's still out there. He'll end up. I would think somewhere. Bears. I would think. Bears. No, still available. Now, I gave you a name. I gave you Ben Johnson, Dan Quinn. Ben Johnson's a done deal. He's going to Washington. You understand the point, though. Those yeah. names were available at the time that we're talking about this. When, when After the week of Black Monday, that week, all these coaches' names were out there. Agreed. But there will be other highly sought-after coaches 12 months from now. Not like this, pal. Not like this list. You know this. You know I'm right. This list was so unique. Who's available? This guy's available. And it wasn't just a flavor of the month OCDC either. These are big names that were on the list. Big names. There'll always be a great coach you can hire. There'll always be one. No shot. If you're willing to pay for it, there will always be. Mike Tomlin's going in the final year of his deal. Now, maybe he'll sign an extension and Shea will come on with breaking news one morning. Jay Moore will hit the button. Mike Tomlin, five-year extension. Okay, whatever. Then I'll get on to the next guy. But he's going in the last year of his deal. And I can tell you, they (laughs) love him up there in Lake Forest. So maybe 12 months from now, you know what? We fell short of our goals. We love, you know, what we got out of whatever. But we're making a change in Mike Tomlin's role. Maybe that's going to happen. I don't know. That would be awesome, though, right? Because it's it's about upgrading the head coach and the leadership. But I'm cool with... Where they're at right now, I really am, because I'm not giving up personnel control unless I'm changing GMs, and I'm not. Right. He's earned the right to continue to see this rebuild through. I am, again, other people may feel differently, and they're entitled. I want my GM to be in charge of things. No, I I understand that. Listen, you've been consistent with that. For our new listeners, I want to make sure it's clear that when there was rumor innuendo that Jim Harbaugh would be leaving Michigan. And it's the right way, by the way, because he gets a national championship and knows that the long arm of the law is coming, Cap. He knows. He could feel the heat. Like in all these gangster movies that we've seen, when there is the gangster peering out the window, pulling the curtain back just a little bit, looking outside. Yep. Oh, God. Here, here they come. Well, that's the NCAA. He knows. That banner could be snatched at any moment now. He knows what's going on. So go to the NFL. So it's fine. Uh, Shay? You don't ask for immunity in your contract if you don't think something's coming. That's like like me going upstairs and going, Danny, I would like immunity to say the F word constantly into the microphone during every show. Cool. Good. (laughs) Or, hey, Danny, I want a new contract. He says, okay, well, you need anything else in here, Shay, beside this amount of money? 
No, I need, yeah, one thing. I need immunity for anything I've done. And then he finds out you've been, you know, swearing into the mic and there's an FCC investigation. Yeah. Yeah, fine. Oh, my God, we're getting investigated because there's something Shay did? Yeah. Uh, we gave him immunity. Yeah. So what do you mean he got immunity in his San Diego contract? I mean, his L.A. contract? No, he wanted it in his Michigan contract. Oh, his Michigan. He approached yes. the president of the university saying, yeah. I need immunity. I can't be terminated if there's punishment. Okay, so then you know you did something wrong. Sure. It's like going to your wife. Hey, if I cheat, you can't divorce me. Right. It's in the contract. Right. Damn. <laughs> Whoa, who's this girl all over your phone here? You gave me immunity. Yeah, I got. This is the um, ultimate hall pass. Hall pass. What's a hall pass? That, that so that's exactly what it is. Right. Bang, bang, so bang, bang, so bang, bang, I so uh, to be to just to put a bow on this. So Cap has been um, ardent in in steadfast in the belief that hey, I don't want Jim Harbaugh because he's part of a cheating program. I don't want to give up full uh, control. So I get that. The personnel thing had a lot to do with it, but the cheating also was something that you had a hard time with. I did. I yes. said if if. I've always put that two-letter word in there. If. If he was part of having the other team's play calls, like, that's different than just, hey, man, I was grinding on the tape in the office, and I notice when they're in this formation. That's different. Having some dude where somebody's secretly paying small college coach, hey, do me a favor, go out and tape all their signs over there at Central Michigan or wherever it is. That's Garbage. Yeah, I get it. And it bothered me, but the personnel thing was the big thing. I'm not willing to give Jim Harbaugh, here's the keys, buddy. Hey, Ryan, can you give Jim the corner office? You move over. You now report to him, or you guys are side by side on the flow chart. No. Just to put a, a cherry on Because if I was polls, then I'd walk out. Just to put a cherry on that, that Sunday regarding Adrian Griffin. Now, uh, just saying that at 30 and 12, 30 and 13, whatever the record was, that uh, Adrian Griffin was let go. Now, they felt that they needed an upgrade. The upgrade for me wouldn't have been Chicago's own Doc Rivers, but this is what they decided to do. Well, he was already working for them in a part-time consulting role. Understand my point. My point is is that it would not be Doc Rivers if that's my druthers, no matter if he was, if he did have the knife in the back of Adrian Griffin, when I was told. Wow. Even, even, even if he did have the knife in the back. I mean, you're a broadcaster, but yet you are in the organization you know, typing up, okay, this is my analysis of uh, Milwaukee's loss against Houston. And he's doing like a scouting report, and he's like, oh, Doc says that we should have been better defensively. Yeah, you guys are top 10, uh, top, uh, and the bottom 10 in uh, defensive rating. Yeah, Giannis doesn't move his feet. Oh, Doc's got some thoughts here. Knife was turning the entire time on Adrian Griffin. So, but I'm saying that for the upgrade, I probably would have chose Doc. But I understand why the Bucks made the move. Plus, there's not a large pool available January 25th. There's oh, not. Yeah, I get it. I just, I just, I just think it. I just think that whole uh, situation is fascinating. And what will happen, Cap? And remember, I told you this. What will happen is, is that the Bucks will fall short because that's what Doc usually does. They will fall short in the playoffs. Big hey. spot, game seven. They will trickle it down their leg. Three one two three three two ESPN three three two three seven seven six is our phone number. That's just Doc. Since the the championship with the Celtics, that's what he does. Yeah. Big spots, his team fails. And by the way, this is not, this is you talk about uh, coaches failing up. Doc has been able to coach the Celtics. He coached Hall of Famers with the Clippers. Coached Hall of Famers in his uh, uh, previous spot, also with great players. Philadelphia mm-hmm. 
Harden and uh, Embiid. This is his fourth head coaching job. The Clippers. You know, you were talking about um, Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. And can't win with those players. Cannot. We'll watch now what happens in Milwaukee. But here's the question we're going to ask. 312-332-ESPN is our phone number. Uh, Shay, let's open the phone lines. Here's the question. Are you upset the Bears never went after Jim Harbaugh? Do you feel better or worse today about keeping Matt Eberflus? We went through an, a litany of names that were available, just like the quarterback class. A lot of uh, head coaches were available as well, and the Bears are sticking with Matt Eberflus. Let's get your thoughts. Jim Harbaugh not with the Chicago Bears as head coach. Your reaction next on the Captain Jay Hood Morning Show. Checkmate one six. Suppression on target. That's why I see him in my shot. Shot or no shot with Captain Jay Hood on ESPN one thousand and the ESPN Chicago app. That's why I see him in my shot. Good morning and welcome in to the Captain Jay Hood Morning Show on ESPN one thousand. And we're streaming on the ESPN Chicago app with David Kaplan and Jonathan Hood with you. Now time for Shot or No Shot, and it's brought to you by... Heavy Club Hawthorne Betting Bars. Jonathan Hood featuring horse racing, video slots, sports betting, great food, craft beers throughout Chicago. And we say good morning to a gentleman known as Shay W. Norland. Good morning, boys, on a Thursday, Deal Breakers Thursday Big breaking news Thursdays. Jim Harbaugh now has a job. How are we? We're good, man. I'm getting to work with Hoodie. I had him on Monitor 2 last night. They played hard. <laughs> I made it to Monitor 2. I watched Dan Issel play for Indiana State last night. <laughs> oh, my God. What's the name of that kid? Robbie Avila. Robbie Avila is a kid from Oak Forest. And he's 6'10". He cannot get a piece of paper under his feet when he jumps. He's banging threes. He's grabbing rebounds. He's scoring inside with great footwork. Yeah. Yeah, and unfortunately, UIC lost a tough one, battled. And a shout-out, my guy Chris Collins. Take that, Illini. How was that? Yeah, I-57, no how'd that taste last night? There's no, t- not, there's no, first of all, there's no reason to take a shot at the Illini. A great a college basketball game, going to overtime. Not taking North- a shot. Yes, you are. You're telling them how to taste. The trip down to that, you don't have to do that. Well, two weeks ago, how did it taste to Chris Collins? I said the same thing. He lost by 30 to them. Guess what? I don't think you said it These like guys that. manned up. They dropped a pair. And in overtime, you know what I thought the key play was in the game? Mm-hmm. And then we can get to the shot or no shot. What's that? They, Marcus Damask, the kid who transferred from Southern Illinois to Illinois. Hell of a ball player. Hell of a ball player. Mm-hmm. He got a shot in the lane late to win it. Mm-hmm. And they did a great job. A- Coming at the shooter, the hands up. Hate when I see defenders fly out with no hand. Why are your hands at your waist? Put a hand up! And then they gra- corralled the rebound. We go to overtime. Northwestern beat their ass. Yeah. Uh, really great college basketball game. When you see it in the 90s, Shay, you know that's pretty good. Going into overtime. And again, the game I called last night. Indiana State, uh, who gave Michigan State all they wanted, by the way, uh, in December. Indiana State, they play above the Valley standard. They're yeah, that good. Yeah, they're that good. And yeah. Izzo's quote, you told me, was, why did I schedule this team? <laughs> he says like, that a lot, you, I think. He, he once said to me, okay, if I lose to Arizona, whatever, they're really good. You got to be careful playing the mid-major who can beat your ass. <sighs> Man. Yeah, maybe shouldn't have played James Madison to open the year. Oh! Wow. Take that. <laughs> As Jay would tell you, he says that a lot, right? Shouldn't have scheduled this. Should have beat those teams. That's what the, the sentence should be. Beat those teams. Look, man, we're not doing radio in East Lansing, so nobody cares. But if he doesn't make a Final Four, 
Uh, there's another word that starts with F that I will be using about Tom Izzo. Oh, Let's you get know what? Shot or no shot. You're better than that. Most talented team he's ever had. Preseason top and guess four. Guess what? They're not going to fire Tom Izzo, who's in the Hall of Fame. Okay. Well, they maybe will mutually part ways. Because we've heard, we've heard that you'll move into time. irrelevancy. That's fine. He's stuck around a little too long. That's oh, okay. God. It happens. Jim Beheim at Syracuse stayed too long. Th- them fighting words now. I'll come through the glass. I won't even open the door. That's my guy, one of my closest friends. Yeah, that's fine. It's my program. All right, let's get to shot or no shot. Mutually parted ways in quotes. You know what that means. Yeah, he'll be parting ways too. Oh, damn. With his teeth. All right, Shay. The head coach many wanted in Chicago now has a job in Los Angeles. Jim Harbaugh, fresh off a national title for the Michigan Wolverines, has taken the Chargers head coaching gig on a five-year deal. He will have the opportunity to handpick his general manager. They are, I believe, interviewing the Ravens director of player personnel today. Uh, he has a quarterback in place with Justin Herbert and a chance to build his own offense in Los Angeles. Shot or no shot, former Bears quarterback Jim Harbaugh will win a Super Bowl in Los Angeles. Uh, that's a no shot. Wow. I wouldn't have hired him. I made that clear, but I'll say shot. He's got Justin Herbert. He's got a good roster of talent. I'm going to say shot. Absolutely. Yeah, I think that he may win a Super Bowl, and but it might be with a different team in the NFL. Um, you, you know how this works, Cap. When you have full autonomy of a of a roster and an organization, you know there's going to be pitfalls. When you are at the at the top of an organization and you're the head coach, there's things that you're going to miss: draft, free agency, all these things. There's always blind spots. You might have people in the room that you trust, but ultimately, all that's on you. Yeah, that's difficult. I think on any coach, especially in the modern day. So I would say that's a no shot. I'm going to side that he will have a playoff run, but will fall short of the goal of getting the Super Bowl and winning it. Shay. ESPN NFL insider Jeremy Fowler had a very authoritative stance on what the Bears will do this offseason to get a bookend pass rusher for Montez Sweat. Quote, Chase Young will reunite with Montez Sweat in Chicago. Young has a history of knee injuries, but got his form back this year. Seven and a half sacks, 15 quarterback hits, as well as helping the Niners defense get back to being dominant after his trade. Niners probably cannot afford him, and he will be a cheaper option on the market than someone like Daniil Hunter. So shot or no shot, Chase Young will be a Chicago Bear in 2024. I'm going to say no shot because they did kick the tires on trading for him and his medicals were so bad, they broke off negotiations and said, we're out. Bad neck, bad hip, and an absolutely awful knee, which he has had surgically repaired. So unless he's willing to do a one-year deal, they're not giving him a multi-year deal. So I'm going to say no shot. Yeah, I'll say, I'll say no shot also. I'm just wondering, Shay, what... Who are the suitors for Chase Young? We know the background, as, as Cap just laid out. Have you heard any any uh, connection, Not Chase really. Young, to teams? I imagine it'll be teams that are in the position where they want to win now, mm-hmm. and they need to bolster their defensive line a little bit. Like, the Lions would make sense. They need a bookend for Aiden Hutchinson. That's why I think the Bears are getting thrown out there. Whenever you have one pass rusher, everybody wants to figure out how you can get two. Mm -hmm. Could Dallas be in play if they want to put another guy on the other side of Micah Parsons? Like, there's there's options out there, and there are teams that will be interested. But to Cap's point, the medicals might be a little nerve-wracking, and maybe you want to keep it short-term and cheap. Short-term, cheap, part-time. Where he doesn't have full, you know, the full reign out there. 
playing defense. If he says I'll take a one-year deal and the money is manageable, yeah, sure, take a shot then. But a multi-year deal with a you know a decent amount of guaranteed money, why would I do that if my doctor's pre- prohibited me from trading for him at the deadline, which led to the sweat deal? Yeah, and and I I could totally understand a prove a deal. A prove a deal still matters in sports. Hey, for a year, can you stay healthy? Can you be productive? Okay, then you'll be rewarded handsomely if you could stay healthy for that one year and put up numbers. You know that Hamps last year here, Dan Hampton. Yeah. He went and took his physical. They gave him I think he was making nine seventy five, something like that. That was a lot of money back then. I know what he was driving to get to that physical. Chevy. That's it. And he went and fa- he failed the physical. Mm-hmm. And McCaskey, Michael, said, yeah, we, Hamp, you failed the physical. We can't do it. Uh, and Hamp said, I'll tell you what, I'll make you a deal. This is my last year. You pay me the games I play, and you don't have to pay me the games I can't get on the field. Oh, 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 oh wow. And he said, are you serious? He said, yeah, if I can't play because of my knee, you don't have to pay me. I don't want your money. And Tommy, Tommy texts me. Tommy said they'd be in training camp. They'd all be out there knocking heads and sweating. Ham would have a cup of coffee in his hand with his helmet sitting next to him. He'd just get to the field. Just get out there when we need you. Now, you hear that story, Shay. You hear that old story. How does that swing with the Players Association of 2024? They're not happening. Yeah. (laughs) Could you imagine that today? The way these agents operate, the way these unions operate, that ain't happening. Today. <laughs> right. Ham, let's see. The last year that Hamp played. That would be something today. 19, I think it was 90. And he played 14 games. 14 out of 16. 16. Yep. 14 out of 16 games. Started nine of them. Yep. I mean, that's putting your balls on the, on the table right there, correct. isn't it? That is correct. You know what? I believe in myself. And I'll tell you what. You know, if I don't not out there, don't pay me. I'll see how that works in the player associate. What do you mean don't pay you? <laughs> Are you correct. kidding me? That was correct. Now it becomes a trend. You see this quarterback market, Daniel Jones is getting forty million a year. I want my money. <laughs> Chase Young at Spot Track is valued at two years twenty seven million. Thirteen point six a year. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not paying him if my doctors told me, guess what? He's got a bad neck, a bad hip, and a bad knee. Mm-hmm. So what's your comfort level? Like, I brought up Daniel Hunter. Yeah. I like that. Vikings can't afford him. They're going to have to focus on extensions for Justin Jefferson, Christian Derrissaw. They've got a question mark at quarterback with Kirk Cousins. You can't use the franchise tag on everyone. And you have free agency pending now for Daniel Hunter. He's going to be 30 years old. And PFF says four years or three years at 60 million, 22 and a half a year. Are you comfy with the, like, shot or no shot? That's the perfect bookend for Montez Sweat. It's a shot for me. How much did you say a year? 16. PFF's got him at 365, so 22 and a half a year. Um, yeah, I probably would. It's a shot, but you got to be fiscally responsible as well now. Just be like, watch your salary Like, cap. you have to remember, I want Jalen Johnson here. Yes. Before Donnell Hunter. Yes. I need to figure out quarterback. Yeah. And if I'm keeping Justin, I got to keep my powder dry because I got to re-sign him. A year from now, we we will be going into the fifth-year option, and we're going to be talking extension. Mm -hmm. That's why I think they're taking a quarterback in the draft. Uh, 
a large part of it, the financial part, because you're going to have to extend Tevin Jenkins. DJ Moore comes up in two years. Like, all of a sudden, you're going, oh, God, all these cheap young kids, you better start winning quick. That's right. That's the price of poker, pal. That's correct. That's where we are. That is correct. As you try to get past Detroit and Green Bay in the division, trying to be in the playoff pitcher in the NFC, you got to start paying these guys. At some point, you're going to have to. And, I mean, it's it's all under the cap, and then we got we get into that a little bit later on. But there's going to be not necessarily cap, uh, salary cap issues, but just big sweeping decisions that the Bears have got to make in the next couple of years. That is correct. Yeah. I would say salary cap issues. We'll do it at nine o'clock. There's something interesting happening in the NFC North that I think relates to the Bears, and yep. we'll get into that. Uh, hoodie, the Major League Baseball Hall of Fame selected its latest inductees this week: Adrian Beltre, Todd Helton, and Joe Maurer got the nod. Longtime White Sox ace Mark Burley got just 8% of the vote. This is enough to keep him on the ballot going forward for another year, but clearly missed by a huge margin. Shot or no shot, Mark Burley should be a Hall of Famer. No shot. It's a no shot, however. It's a no shot, however. Don't be surprised if he starts getting more uh, percentage of the vote. And here's why. The Hall of Fame used to be the Hall of Fame. It's the Hall of the Very Good now. That's what it's become. This is why we don't even talk about it anymore on the show as a long-form topic because this is where we are today. This is where we are. The Hall of the Very Good. Now, this was something in about three or four years ago. I argued with an ESPN.com writer about this, about how he thought Mark Burley could be a Hall of Famer. We understand, Cap, that we're out of the age of 300-game winners. We don't have that anymore. We won't get that anymore. We'll never get one. But, but they, will, they have lowered the standards. Used to be 300. Now you'll see 200-plus winners be in the mix for the Hall of Fame because that's, that's how they've lowered the standards. Joe Maurer in the Hall of Fame. Say it out loud. Joe Maurer. Now, the, you know why Joe Maurer's in the Hall of Fame? He's a catcher. That's why. I mean, the numbers are, are fine, but ultimately because of the specialized catcher that he was and as good as he was, that's why he's in there. So Mark Burley, no, is not, should not be in the Hall of Fame, but don't be surprised if they start lowering it. Hey, you know what? This guy had 175 wins, Cap. 200 wins. You know, oh, we'll round it off. Rounding era. We put him up to 200 wins. Hall of Fame. This is what we're getting because if you continue to keep the steroid guys out, then, and then you're going to keep lowering the standards. This is where we are. If you're not going to put the best players in the history of the sport in. It's a joke. Then, yeah, you're going to get Joe Maurer. All right, wait. So Joe Maurer had a 55-war career. Pretty damn good. Six-time All-Star, won an MVP, three-time batting champ, five-time silver slugger, 2,123 hits and won three gold gloves and had an OPS plus of 124, which is really freaking good. Um, Yeah. That's close, man. 55 is on the low end for a Hall of Famer. Typically, you're looking 60-plus as far as war for the MLB Hall of Fame. And his offense is as as similar as Jose Altuve. That a Hall of Famer? How about Dustin Pedroia? Hall of Famer? No. How about about Bill Matlock? I love Bill Matlock, by the way. I mean, Hall of Famer? No. No. Okay. This is what we're talking about here. Ray Durham, same numbers. Ray Durham is a six-time All-Star? No, I'm talking about offense. Ray Durham didn't win bat, multiple batting titles. I agree. So the one stat you have is what is which one? No, I'm saying that it's similar batters to Joe Maurer. 
He's on that list. Bill Matlock's on that list. Michael Young, the old Texas Ranger, is on that list. He's a really good player. Very good player. Very solid. Yes. All I'm telling you is is that this is where we are now. Like, they're going to lower the standards. No, we're not going to put in the the great Cy Young Award winner. We're not going to put in the hit king. We're not going to put in the home run king. No, we're going to move those guys to the side and start bringing middling to above average guys in the Hall of Fame. Not the Hall of Fame that I grew up with, pal. Not the same. How does Gary Sheffield not get in? And I got to go on Twitter and see some guy doesn't vote for Gary Sheffield. And somebody asks point blank, why are you not voting for Gary Sheffield? The guy answers, he has another year of eligibility. No, he doesn't. You're voting for this and you don't even know what the rules are. Yeah, that's embarrassing. Because, well, G- Gary didn't smile at me. That's why. Because he was rough around the edges. He wasn't a nice guy, so we can't put him on the Hall of Fame. I'll never forget the MLB Network special. Tom Verducci sealing the envelope. I understand that this is a sacred responsibility yeah, that's been vested in me. Give, it, give me a break. <laughs> now, by the way, Cap, if anybody should be in the Hall of Fame, it's, it's Gary Sheffield. In this, in this generation, why? Because his numbers are similar to Chipper Jones, Reggie Jackson, ever heard of him? Carlos Beltran, Ken Griffey Jr., Frank Thomas, Frank Robinson, Billy Williams, Mickey Mantle, Fred McGriff. I mean, Griffey Jr., uh, good names, right? Yep. I just named for you about eight Hall of Famers. Gary Sheffield didn't belong there? See what I mean? Joe yep. Maurer got in first ballot. Yeah, that surprised me. I <laughs> thought he'd get in someday, but not first ballot. He only got in. Do you hear what I'm saying? He got in because those numbers are good. Catcher. That's why he got in. Right. Those, num- those numbers are not eye-popping versus some of the all-time greats that we've seen. But this is where we are today. Lowering the standards, just be able to fit the narrative of the writers. Joe was a good baseball man. Ah, put him in. Ah! Gary Sheffield can't get in the Hall of Fame? Yeah. A big part for Valid me is, point. like, can you tell the story of baseball without mentioning this player? I think most kids, if you ask about Joe Maurer, couldn't pick him out of a police lineup. How many kids shake the hell out of their bat in their batting stance because they saw a video of Gary Sheffield? I did. That doesn't make you a Hall of Famer. But. No, but you, you get the point. Like, Gary Sheffield was a great player and iconic in the batter's box. Put him in the hall. I'm standing in the box as a, as a high school player. My bat's going crazy for no reason other than Gary Sheffield did it. And he could hit the piss out of the baseball, so I'm going to do it. He was really good, man. Pretty good, kid. Pretty good, he kid. Was, <laughs> Cap, what happened? He was Javi Baez times 10. Yep. Not a Hall of Famer. I just read for you eight Hall of Famers that his similar batting is, is to. You can't get in? He didn't smile at me. He wasn't, he wasn't a happy well, guy. For, look, look, the whole process of how they do it, and the guy who's the head of the Chicago chapter mm-hmm. that does the ballots i love he's paul sullivan of the tribune oh i love Sullivan. Sully's the best yes but there are people that have ballots that haven't covered major league baseball in a freaking decade that's a fact teddy greenstein i love he's a oh, good friend you didn't have to do that I, i'm being honest here okay sorry if i say things that ruffle feathers teddy should not have a ballot oh boy he works for points bet how do you lose your ballot do you have to give it up or do they take it from you I would hope Sully shows up at your door with a pitchfork and goes, give me the freaking ballot. You're out. <laughs> like, Phil Hirsch. Remember Phil Hirsch? Oh, God. He was the Olympic writer for the Tribune for a long time. On the inside page. He used to be a baseball writer 90,000 years ago. 
still has a. Still he has was a belt, on the though. show with me one day on TV. I'm like, what do you got over there? I'm working on my Hall of Fame belt. Hall of Fame for what? They do an Olympic Hall of Fame? He's like, no. I'm a MLB Hall of, or a Baseball Hall of Fame writer. What? That's offensive. You haven't covered Major League Baseball in two decades. That's a joke. Yes, Hirsch would would write about the Olympics three and a half years out. You'd be in the jump page. You'd open There's up. There's a nine year old in yeah. Buffalo Grove you, who's outstanding in gymnastics. Watch for her. She's Cap, really good. Cap, you'd, right. open, you'd open up the Tribune like, all right, Cubs, Sox, Hirsch. The Olympics are not until four years. He's writing about it. Right. He's on the inside page. And he's getting a a ballot (laughs) for the Hall. I don't know if he's still. Sully, I don't know if you're listening. Text Uh, me. Does Phil Hurst still have a ballot? Sorry, I'm. You know, Sully. I'm a little whacked in the head. I just call things out that I see. That's fine, Cap. They should not have ballots. You have to call out also. That's a little too early for Sully. Way too early. Yes, he was probably at a bar. Like yes, that's exactly. oh, 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 God. He is the grizzled newspaper now, man. If you wanted that information, go to Kitty O'Shea's at midnight, and he'll give you an answer. <laughs> That'd be great. As we go now <laughs> to... <laughs> I love Paul Sullivan. There is an opportunity now to... Oh, beg your pardon. Wow. Now, now time to go to Around the NFL. Nick Foles sucks. He sucks. I'm just a fan. I'm not a football evaluator. I love the Green Bay Packers. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. This is not Detroit, man. This is the Super Bowl. I want winners. He starts to come and he pulls out. This is a really thickly built guy. I mean, what's the answer you're looking for on these things here? Time to go around the NFL right here on ESPN 1000. And we're streaming on the ESPN Chicago app. Here's Shay Norling. Shay. Hey, Shay, hang on a second. You know who I just found out has a ballot? I can't, I can't hear you. What's that? Haw has a ballot. Ah, 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 ah. He's not a columnist anymore, and he's not a baseball writer. I love David. He's a good friend of mine. Okay. I know we compete against him. David Haw should not have a ballot to the Hall of Fame. R.I.P. to their text messages. We we might have to do this as a segment like this summer. Who should and shouldn't have a ballot? I will tell David I love him dearly. He's a good friend of mine. He's a great friend of mine as well. Yes. He does not belong with a Hall of Fame ballot. Okay. Sully, let me come over with a red pen this afternoon before my flight. Hey, let's let's call over there and uh, see. Uh, what he... <laughs> let's, go. <laughs> let's go. Score. <laughs> 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 hey, Dustin! Put me go on right there and put me on right now. I want to help your ratings. Put tell Haw give the ballot back. It's Molly and Haw, David on the north side. David, ah, 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 my giddy ass. David, Molly, step to the side. David, I want to talk to you. <laughs> uh, you couldn't get in though. They've got their eighth guest right now. Their eighth guest of the day. So you couldn't get in on the phone line. We turn now to <laughs> the Shane. Right. Hey, all right. With the Rathy fun. <laughs> what do you mean you're going to call over there? <laughs> they don't. People who all have right. ballots should be people that cover baseball. Does Pat Hughes have a belt? Well, now okay. he does because he's a Hall all of right, Fame. Okay. Are we going to get around the NFL? You hear the music, don't you? Yeah. All right. Let's go. All right. This is inspired by all of the talk over the last weekend. That Josh Mahomes, or Josh Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes versus 
Go ahead. Patrick Power Mahomes versus Josh Allen is the new Tom Brady versus Peyton Manning. Mm-hmm. Now, I think we can all safely say Patrick Mahomes not there yet, but he's on pace to be the new Tom Brady. Correct? If there's if we're retrofitting eras, Patrick Mahomes is the new Tom Brady, the dominant, always in the uh, AFC title game, always with a chance to win a Super Bowl. That's him, right? Yes. Is Josh Allen really Peyton Manning? No, and that is an overstep by CBS. Why did they do that? Did you guys see the beginning of that? They tried to make what Shay just laid out of, well, we're, we're seeing Manning against Brady. No, you're not. Why did CBS do that? They tried. That was their open talking about that this is reminiscent of Brady versus Manning. That's not the case. And the reason why it's not the case is because Josh Allen is no Brady and he's no Manning. Right, he hasn't he's won no, anything. He's no Marino. Correct. He's no Fouch. He's not in any of those guys. He's not. Look, not yet. Look, he's maybe my favorite player to watch in the NFL. I love Josh Allen. Huge fan. And when I hear what a great duty is because Jay Moore's son blocked for him. Yes. Jay Moore is like, that's our guy. We love him. I, I like Josh Allen very much. You've got to get to a Super Bowl before we can start anointing you as one of those two. I will say Peyton Manning spent the early part of his career getting his ass kicked by Tom Brady in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Didn't make a Super Bowl until 2006 when he finally won against the Bears. It took him a while. It's seven years, I think, he was in the league. Maybe eight before he got to a Super Bowl and won it. So, Josh, maybe on that similar trajectory where you can beat this guy, Mahomes, in the regular season, winless in the playoffs, routinely getting your butt kicked... But eventually, if you get over the hump, you become Peyton Manning. If if Josh Allen is not Peyton Manning, who is? Is it Joe Burrow? Is that the true Brady versus Manning matchup now, Mahomes and Joe Burrow? Or is it Lamar Jackson? Two MVPs with one pending, but he's going to win it. A chance to go to the Super Bowl this week. I, I like the idea of... Lamar Jackson versus Patrick Mahomes. I love it. On that same level. Love it. Because when you think about it. Two African-American quarterbacks. All right. (laughs) Berman, you didn't have to do that. Berman. Damn it. You don't have to keep saying that. Can we move the game a few days? It will be on Lincoln's birthday. I mean, I I don't think that. I mean, again, we're just having. Do you see what happens? We have a nice conversation about Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes. And then all of a sudden, we're just... Two African-American quarterbacks starting against each other in the Super Bowl for the first time. Fittingly, February 12th is Abe Lincoln's birthday. Here we go (laughs) with the highlights. (laughs) I love you, Jay Moore. (laughs) Who's Shane Orleans? Well, at least Berman's not going to have that this year because it'll be... One African-American quarterback and either Jared Goff or Brock Purdy. Like the whitest bread you could possibly find. That is wonder white bread there, Brock Purdy and Jared Goff. I mean, it, it's unbelievable. It's East. It's East. <laughs> <laughs> Buddy, did you see the viral tweet? I think I sent it to you with the uh, five black quarterbacks in the final eight. And yes. Baker Mayfield was one of them. Yeah. Five. Did you see that? <laughs> I did. <laughs> <laughs> Like, wait a minute now. One of these things is not like the other. But he was able to be grandfathered in. Plays like a brother. Gregarious. He's invited to the barbecue. Yeah. Baker, come on in. Baker, what's up, man? Is golf coming in? It's like me with the public league coaches. Yes. You're You're one of us. Come on in. (laughs) Hoodie, is golf getting into the barbecue? No. Not allowed. What about Purdy? No. Can't get in. Nope. Burrow? Yes. 
He's, oh, there we go. Because, we, because of the because of the Winston lights that he smoked. Tyson Bagent? <laughs> no. Can't get in. Because of the music. Uh, Justin Herbert? Mm, no. Can't get in. Nope. All right, what else? Trevor Lawrence. Absolutely not. Absolutely. Even though know, he's in Jacksonville. <laughs> no hair metal in the, no. in the barbecue. Oh, you're in your own separate category. No. But but Baker, in. Absolutely. What else you got? Uh, I just want to retrofit some of these quarterbacks. Okay, not those quarterbacks he's referring. Okay. Brother. I've had enough of Berman already. Everybody wants to do the retrofit the eras. And I feel like we've hit a kind of torch passing moment where all these guys are gone. Brady's gone. Manning's gone. Oh Rodgers in the twilight of his career. Everybody's moving on, and I think the new crop is finally at a point where they're so established we can start to have some fun with this. So if Josh Allen isn't Peyton Manning, who is he? Philip Rivers? Holy cow. Well, the way he turns the ball over, <laughs> you know, Cap, Philip Rivers, if you ever want to watch those games, turn it on. Six o'clock, right against 60 minutes. Two minutes left, Chargers down seven. They're driving, they're driving, boom, interception, so long, everybody, now to 60 minutes. Right, here's Andy Every Reed. single time. Every single time. And he's going to the Hall of Fame. I would say he's more far than Rivers. Oh, that's a good one. That's a great count. But are, he has to win a Super Bowl. Correct. Possible. It's coming. Possible. It's coming. Brett won one and lost one, back-to-back here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that initially the point is, Shay, is that when you start doing that comparison, it becomes so NBA in that regard, right? You try to put the best against the best. You know, like Josh Allen, some people think that he could be on that level. He's just not on that level yet. It might be even harder without Diggs next year if Diggs is leaving. We will see. Maybe it's easier, actually. Maybe it's easier. Maybe you don't have that pressure of Diggs on your team. And you try to replace that kind of talent in the draft or free agency. Wide receiver one, Gabriel Davis. Sure. Sure. Is who's more Philip Rivers, Josh Allen or Justin Herbert? Herbert's on the same team. Justin Herbert is more Josh Allen. No, Justin Herbert is more Philip Rivers. Josh Allen is more Brett Favre. I agree okay. with Jamie. Yeah, I can. Yeah, I can go with that. I can go with that. But we 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 are so quick to be able to try to compare the best against the best, and it's like Josh is just not there yet. His team's not there yet. Is that mm-hmm. fair? His team's not there yet. Correct. Bridesmaids, never the bride. All right, coming up, we'd like to remind you, by the way, we have a major, major station announcement today at noon with Carmen and Yurko. So we want you to get to Twitch and YouTube and listen uh, on ESPN Chicago Super and then the cool. ESPN Chicago app. A major station announcement today at noon, today with Carmen and Yurko. No, not now. Not now. At no, noon. Danny would not be <laughs> happy with us. Could you imagine if I blurted it out now? Okay. Oh, here's what's... Uh, yeah. No, no, no. Better not do that. I mean, it means Zetterman will fly in here. Hoodie, what the F? What the F did I tell you? It's like, yes. Yeah, long hair flying everywhere. Oh, he'd be so unhappy with me, like he normally is. Deal breakers wow. right around the corner on Cap and J Hood.